You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Illinois is a very, very good basketball team. I think what we learned in an 84-68 loss at Purdue in front of a raucous Mackey Arena crowd is ain't good as a team that's here in West Lafayette. Purdue looked phenomenal. Final four good, Big Ten championship good, nine wins in their last 10 games good as Illinois falls. It's Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper, Joey Wagner, the trio all here in what was a great atmosphere, uh, but a disappointing second half. I thought for Illinois in the first half, Derek, to be up two after allowing a 19-3 run said a lot about Illinois. But uh, Purdue just came out, attacked Alfonso Plummer, and Illinois just couldn't stop Jaden Ivey, who scored 22 of 26, his 26, which was a game high in the second half. Purdue looked like a national championship contender tonight. And Illinois, in two, three games against top five opponents, two against Purdue, just hasn't quite risen to that level yet. Yeah, Purdue has another gear. And I think we saw that even with Arizona, that maybe – the very, very top of their ceiling is higher than Illinois, at least in terms of now. In terms of what we've seen so far in these marquee matchups, Illinois has a lot of good, a handful of good wins. They got four quad one wins prior to this one. And I thought they did some really good things in the first half. Like they came out hot uh, to respond the way they did when everything was trending south in a hurry. When Kofi goes to the bench with two fouls, I thought the hustle play for BBV to dive on the floor and get. Plummer a three, then he rattles off a couple more, and Carbello makes plays, and all of a sudden you're up. And, and this kind of environment, this kind of building was a big deal. But uh, Ivy's a guy that I really worried about in the first matchup. He didn't kill you because he – I mean, he got to the free throw line, but he went three for ten from the field. And really your first three halves against him, he's four for 15. But that is a guy you don't have an answer for on your roster because of his athleticism, his length, and they – he killed you in the pick and roll. There's some I.O. moments, whether it be in transition, whether it be operating off the ball screen and, and making the right read, making the right play. And then, of course, when they have the bigs that can at least battle with Kofi, who was a lot better tonight than he was in the first meeting. Uh, they're better. The better team won tonight. And, I mean, we'll probably see these teams again in the Big Ten tournament. I would hope so because uh, it's been fun to watch them do battle. But uh, they're better than only right now. They just have so many answers uh, offensively. And, like, I'm thinking of the recent good offenses we've seen in the Big Ten, and Iowa has kind of had those. They didn't have a Jaden Ivey. They just – Joey, when you have Eric Hunter do what he did and, like, the fourth or fifth offensive option could just attack Alfonso Plummer, Illinois just has no answer for that. Mason Gillis hitting threes. Um, who was hitting threes in the in the first half? Ethan Morton. Ethan Morton. <laughs> I had to think of his name there for a second. Caleb first had some, a big three. Like – Illinois just doesn't have that many weapons, and when Purdue shoots like that, they score like that, they could be basically anybody in the country. Yeah, I thought Trent Frazier actually said it best, when you, and they don't mean it as a knock. I don't want anyone to hear this and think like, oh, the other guys, but you can't be killed. If, if Purdue's going to kill you, it can't be the other guys who do it, the the Eric Hunter, the I don't even want to throw Sasha in there because he's not another guy, but Mason Gillis, and you know, like you guys said, Ethan Morton, they, that's tough, and the thing that we've talked so much about Illinois defensively is you can take two on the perimeter, and for a lot of teams, that is a problem. 
it's not really that big of a problem for Purdue because someone can attack Alfonso Plummer. I really liked what Andre Corbello de- did defensively tonight, but I just, Purdue's a freight train. Like someone asked Brad, did you get a taste of your own medicine with Ivy, kind of like what Iowa had done to people? And, and to be fair, the Big Ten's got some pros in it, right? But, dude, there's no Jaden Ivy in the Big Ten. That I don't. I'm trying to think, Joey, like Piper, like, kind of guards have we seen? I mean, Trey Burke had some moments like that, Oladipo, but he wasn't as, as fast, right? He wasn't, he was explosive, but not as fast uh, as Jaden Ivey. D'Angelo Russell, but he was just a freshman, right? He wasn't a sophomore as built. Um, Jaden Ivey's as good of an offensive guard, and, and Brad said it kind of after the game. So it basically sounded like he said, I'm paraphrasing, that Painter kind of smarted up and just said, let that guy go make plays in the ball screen offense because they were kind of running their system and running through Trevion Williams and Zach Eady. Listen, those guys are great. Jaden Ivey's a guy that can carry you to a, to a long run, Big Ten championship. Those other guys are really good, but Kofi, I thought, negated those guys tonight. Oh, no, I can't negate a Jaden Ivey. Yeah, I guess maybe the counter from Painter to Brad would be, well, you know, a lot of other teams don't have Kofi, so feeding it into Edie and Travion usually works for us pretty well a lot of times. But uh, another name, I mean, Carson Edwards was a bucket getter too. I mean, he wasn't the same. He was more of a shooter and shot maker. He's pretty explosive in his own right. But Ivy, uh, a little bit different, but definitely just as lethal uh, and went lottery pick mode there in the in the second half. But I'd say top five pick mode. Yeah, I mean <laughs> – Wow. Uh, yeah, ball screens, transition game. He's got it all. And he's a 41% three-point shooter as well. And once he got one in front of Grandison, who didn't get a hand up. But to that, I mean, he didn't really have it going in the first half and wasn't uh, much of a factor. But it just continued to build and build. And uh, Illinois didn't put up a whole lot of resistance and didn't really have an answer. I thought in the first half, like, they bottled him up in the ball screen, whether it was Trent was icing him and trying to keep him on the, the short side of the floor, and uh, they even showed a little bit of help. One time, DeMonte helped off, and, and they gave up a three to Gillis. But once he was finding other people, there was a stretch where he scored or assisted on 19 of 21 for Purdue. He just went completely, completely nuts. Yeah, uh, and there's not much of an answer for that. And, and Illinois did get some open shots, and they were kind of going basket for basket, trading baskets, because Andre Corbello was fantastic offensively tonight. 15 points off the bench, 4-10 shooting, got to the free throw line and made all six of his free throws. Uh, he showed his value tonight that when Trent Frazier is struggling uh, offensively, uh, Alfonso Plummer had a great stretch at the end of the second half, but really got taken advantage of defensively. But Demonte Williams wasn't making shots, and Grandison wasn't making shots. Corbello can lift you offensively for that stretch to keep you in the game, but then just couldn't sustain it, right? Um, Brad Underwood said it, Joey. Frazier goes 0 for 4 for 3. Grandison goes 1 for 6. Demonte Williams goes 1 for 4. It only has the firepower to stay with Purdue. We saw that last, uh, last month. Uh, but they just didn't make shots tonight, and, and I thought they were open shots. They were kind of getting what they wanted, and Brad said it. like They can't handle Curbelo. Curbelo has killed Purdue in two games, 35 points here uh, against Purdue, but the other guys just weren't able to, to make open shots. Yeah, the first half they weren't open, and Alfonso Plummer sure as heck <laughs> made them open, and I thought his ridiculous little heater there kept them in that and sustained a pretty big punch from Purdue when Illinois needed to counter, and then totally opposite in the second half. There were really good looks that didn't go down. I thought there were good looks that didn't even get put up. And you would like to see them be a little more aggressive in some of those threes and just let it fly. If Brad didn't, I don't get the sense that Brad's going to stop a lot of people on his perimeter from shooting those threes if they think they're open. And 
Yeah, but yeah, man, when, when those three have that kind of night and, and Jake really cooled down after a pretty nice start, that's tough because your seven-footers kind of negated in the middle there. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of offensive hope in the paint when Kofi's not on the floor. Uh, that hurts because it changes. Watch what that offense is when Kofi's not out there. There's just no – it's like they're just passing it around the perimeter hoping some shot comes open. That's that's tough. That's, that's, there's no spacing. That's why it's all on Curbelo to just break it down by himself, but he still needs other guys to make shots. Yeah, that's right. And I to get to that, like Curbelo at full Curbelo, at 80% Curbelo, at 85 that – that gets you to that ceiling, right? Like, I think if they would have had Kofi, you probably split this thing, this series here. And Curbelo gave him a punch tonight, but Purdue I'm just ridiculously good. But, yeah, I think Curbelo can he can cover some warts. I, I think it's an issue with, when Kofi's not on the floor. I, I just get really concerned about where they are offensively. And to your point, yeah, Curbelo can band-aid some of that. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so now we got a three-way tie atop the Big Ten, Illinois, Purdue, and Wisconsin. I mean, this is a big missed opportunity for Illinois. Not that I think they beat Purdue even with a good night shooting, it felt like, with the way Purdue was playing here. Um, but, man, Purdue is on a heater right now. Uh, Wisconsin just keeps on winning. They have a really easy schedule. Illinois has got, I think, the toughest schedule of the three left here. I don't think Michigan State's going to stick in this uh, thing. I think Ohio State can find their way back into this. But, Derek, out of this game, is there any large concern for you moving forward the rest of the season? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think this team is just very good. I think they can, with the right matchups or whatever, make run. I think they can still make a run of the Big Ten title, still make a long run in the NCAA tournament. But it's clear they need to reach another gear because the three games we've seen against top five opponents, they haven't won yet. Yeah, there's some concerns that got exploited, and you're not going to face – someone I mean there's only a rare group of teams that are on Purdue's level especially offensively so I think that as Joey was saying when you can take away two of your top guys in the perimeter and and with DeMonte and with Trent there there aren't a lot of teams that that next guy is going to hurt you but with Purdue they're so deep I mean they they have eight or nine guys who are scoring threats and at least I mean they have five that can shoot 40 percent from three and uh, when a guy like Eric Hunter can just pinpoint Alfonso Plummer as someone to attack, that's that's a problem. Um, and I think that rebounding needs to get better. That's something that you can take away from this. And um, really, it circles back to, and maybe Curbelo gets there. Last year, Io and Curbelo were big on defensive rebounding and adding and supplementing to what Kofi was doing. They need that 
because obviously Io's not there and Plummer's not giving you a whole lot on the glass and same with Trent. So they got to f- find a way to be able to do that. I think the fact that Curbelo, what, third game back off of the COVID um, stretch of him missing, uh, the fact that this team still hasn't fully had a, a long time to gel at full capacity, you're not going to overreact too much to this game. It, it's just that there's been talk after there was talk after the Indiana game of Illinois proves their Final Four good or Illinois is better than last year. I don't well, know. Those national guys being like, oh, yeah, yeah Illinois, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know about that. I mean, yeah. if they're making threes and, and there's a – a matchup exploitable for Kofi for sure, which is most, you know, 95% of the country, then this team's going to be a tough out. But uh, I'll, if you want to be, and I'll say this, if you want to be down in the dumps about this one, uh, watching Ivy tonight, you had that kind of guy last year. Not the same player, but similar, and you lost in the second round. If you if you wanted to sulk <laughs> a little bit, that is your – that is your because I think last year had – still more potential to me. I haven't seen this team have the same type of ceiling yet. There's still a lot of time. Maybe I wouldn't have said the same thing on February 8th about last year's team either, but um, we'll see. I don't disagree with you, Derek, because you had a guy that could just go win you one. I mean, Jaden Ivey just went and won one tonight. Um, And that's why I wrote in my start of the game, like he just took over a game like we saw with Io. I think Curbelo has to be that. It's the guy with a ball in his hands who can go make it. Now, Frazier can do that at certain points. He's just not as gifted physically as Io, so he's got to do it from you know, 25 feet. So he's just got to get on a heater. He's capable of doing that. And that's why I think this team still could make a Final Four, if we want to say that, because if Frazier gets on a heater, if you get the right matchups, unlike last year, all of a sudden you can make that run. I just they're, – they're a very good team. I don't think I'd say they're an elite team, and that's not a bad place to be in college basketball, right? But if you if you're whole, like I think if you're an Illinois fan, you got to hope you get hot at the right time, and you got to hope you get the right matchups. That's how I feel about this team, Joe. I think their second weekend good. I'd be disappointed if they don't make the second weekend, but after that, I think it's all about, you know, who who you match up with, and do you make ten or twelve threes that game? And do you get lucky that some of these teams that could be really problematic for you get bounced like you did last year? And I, I mean, it all comes down and goes into that. But, yeah, there's no I.O. Like, that, that's what it is. And I, I know there was some talk, and there's some probably some reality to it that, like, maybe they are deeper than they were last year. But I think as the season's played out, that narrative doesn't really hold up as well as we thought it might in October and September when – everything was roses and rainbows coming out of, of oven because there's been no games played yet and, and that was the thought and I, I get it and I understand how it works but you're seeing like tonight was the perfect with IO without IO and then it's they've got an IO they've got an Ivy and, and it's different but guys this, I just think they need to make 10 or 12 threes to make up for right like yeah, that's okay. I, I think yeah. DeMonte and Grandison and, and Frazier don't make threes this team's pretty beatable, right? Um, but you still have Kofi, you still have Curbelo that can lift you against the, you hope, Saturday or Sunday, the Northwesterns of the world. But against Purdue, it's a different thing. It's a different animal. And, guys, we're sitting here. And, I'm like, I, I think we talked about a loss that doesn't really crush you. I, I think a win would have really elevated you. I don't think an 18-point loss is exactly what I had in mind when I thought that in Indiana. But there was a point in the second half that we thought this was going to be really big trouble ahead as Trent Frazier is in a heap on the floor and Jaden Ivey buries a three, which was really inconsequential at that point. 
But the fact that Trent Frazier came out and he talked to us, and yes, he was limping pretty noticeably, no, he does not look very comfortable, that would have changed the whole tenor of everything we've talked about. And How many times have we thought that this season? It feels like three times we've seen him on a heap on the ground thinking, oh, no, Trent, because we know how important he is. He didn't play well tonight, but at Indiana, you don't, I don't know if you win without Trent being Trent Frazier. No, tonight, actually, just because of what it looked like, it didn't look good. And I had a little I.O. against Michigan State vibes at the State Farm Center when you just consider the meaning of what he does, what it looked like. And he obviously came back in. He says he's going to be good to go Sunday, but... I don't doubt him. I, I don't. Why, why would we <laughs> at this point? But, man, that you look at that, and that would have changed a lot. But I, I do think these next couple practices, they should have two, I, I think. I don't even know what day it is. Getting Curbelo. Brad said, Brad said Curbelo has practiced five times this season. Okay. I uh, think it's a little more than five. I, have to I think, think it's been five well. since the concussion. I think that might be... That's- probably pretty close but but in all reality that's it I think those practice times now I told you guys this on Saturday or at some point at some point I think he's gonna have to be back in that starting lineup and I I don't know when it's gonna be I'm not saying like you pull that in case of emergency but I just think it he is one of your five best players that you want out there all the stinking time that you can have him out there. I don't even know if he needs to start, but he's going to have to play 25-plus minutes um, probably at some point. And that's where Illinois gets small. They're a small team, Derek, and that's that's a concern when you go up against uh, Jaden Ivey is bigger than your th- three-man, Demonte yeah. Williams, on, on the floor. Bonovich is 6'5". <laughs> right. You haven't recognized that. Yeah, so – <laughs> have recognized that. I'm not saying you. I was just saying that I saw him warming up today. And I'm like, he's taller than Jaden Ivey. Uh, by the way, Sasha, I know how you feel, man. Just take that fade and just do a complete buzz cut, man. It's it's time. You're an unbelievable shooter, but I, I know your pain. But uh, it's time. Uh, anyway, uh, Illinois has a huge. G- I, I think this is a interesting stretch coming up because I know everyone wants to. Plug away these wins against Northwestern and at Rutgers. Northwestern's won three straight. Um, I know it's against bad opponents. Indiana was out five guys tonight, including like three really important players. Um, and they beat Nebraska. Nebraska's awful. And they beat Rutgers at home. And, and Rutgers is sitting there still top half of the league. I think that'll come down eventually. But Rutgers at the rack is really difficult. This is a game you got to show up for, Derek. Like, you got to show up angry. Uh, against this one. By the way, I do want to say on Joey's point, like I don't think Trent Frazier is going to practice for the next couple of days. So Andre Corbello could really um, get involved there. But they, they can't overlook Northwestern, Derek. They shouldn't, given uh, that they barely escaped uh, up at Evanston. But this is where you got to take care of business. Like If you want to win the Big Ten, you got to win these next two games to set up that stretch run at being 12-3. and three. Yeah, and you can continue to, to give yourself – it's not a cushion in the sense of you're tied at the top of the league, but you're winning the games you're supposed to win to stay in that position. So, uh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. And like you said, you won by three at Northwestern. I think that ultimately you would look back – like there was a point in the game – I know Pete Nance and Kofi both, like stat line-wise, I don't want to say cancel each other out, but like they were on par with each other. But Northwestern can't do anything with Kofi. And if you're going to knock down threes like Illinois is capable of – uh, yeah, you should be able to take care of that game, but it's not a walk in the park. It's a, it's a team that is in a close game each and every night, it seems like, and they've won on the road at East Lansing. You can't look past them. You may have heard the rack's a tough place to play. You may have heard that the four-man matchup with Harper. I know he didn't play well in Champaign, and credit to DeMonte or Coleman Hawkins, Coleman Hawkins, actually. Yeah, guy we haven't talked about in a while. Um, 
did a very good job with. So winning those two games, and really I guess I should add this too, like being any kind of like cynical about where Illinois is on this night, I'm not saying that we are, but if you would have won, said, going into Wisconsin, Indiana, Purdue, you win two out of three, you go back home, you're tied at the top. Absolutely. You're disappointed that Purdue – was able to get back to clobbered you and was able to get back to the top especially when some of the losses that they've taken along the way and your chance at home to to really you know put them down even farther but yeah I mean Illinois in in a very good spot and the fact that Curbelo's progressing now or showed the night show what he did tonight is is encouraging yeah I think Joey you definitely take like we said win two or three you feel pretty darn good like really good coming out of that it just being the last one national stage you're up to at halftime that's what's disappointing about it but you had a thought yeah I mean I don't think two of three everybody takes the third by 16 is still a tough pill to swallow I think and and again I don't think it's it's the end of the earth but I think if this is a overtime game uh, a five point game even an eight to that nine ten point you think well hell they just piled it on a little bit at the end and and that was that but they were up pretty good before the, the sub parade um, started coming in. But I, I do – I've been really slow to kind of think about this a lot because I just think it's been warranted with this team. And uh, you guys might disagree with me, and I know I'm going to get a side eye. You got a hot take? No, I don't think it's a hot take. I just I, – I, I think R.J. Melendez is pushing their hand a little bit. And not a lot. I, I'm not saying like. I thought you were going like some hot negative take there. You just went. You just went to the swerve into the fans, loving the freshmen, showing some flashes. I was going to get to that, but I was like, hey, hey, Omar gave some good minutes. Benjamin gave some solid minutes. Hey, I thought those guys gave some. They don't score, okay? They don't score. But I thought they gave some solid minutes when Kofi went to the bench late in the half, prolonging some possessions. BBV ripping a ball uh, from Edie. But yeah, Melendez. I mean, there were some garbage points in there, right? But he's active. He's uh, he's learned how to stop fouling with his hands. Uh, but man, they just threw him on Jaden Ivey. I was like, in the and first half. He got away half, with it. Yeah, yeah, and he got away with it in the first half. So give R.J. Melendez a lot of credit. Derek brought up Coleman Hawkins. That's where those minutes are getting stolen from. Uh, he's stealing minutes from Coleman Hawkins right now, and he should. He's playing better. He's giving Illinois more in the court right now. So yeah. sorry. Go with your R.J. Melendez hot take. <laughs> no, I just – I thought Brad putting him on Ivy in the first freaking half was like, go for it, kid. Let me know. I, I mean, I was – That's almost, a bold choice, God. Let's see how it works for him. Not bad. Not bad. I, I, I don't want to make it sound like he should get 18 – I mean, and nothing crazy. 20 like minutes that. right now. Do it. Book it. Well, <laughs> I've, I'm looking. I'm scrolling through Twitter, and that is not enough. And according to what I'm seeing on Twitter.com. But I, in reality, I have been slow to get to that because, I one, I thought Luke Goody was a more college-made, immediate, ready freshman. And that's not to say he shouldn't play. I, I don't think that's the case either. But Melendez, it just seems like there's a little bit of like a shot in the arm because I don't know that they've got a lot of R.J. Melendez's on that team with the athleticism and the length, and there's still a long way to go. Brad said it defensively. You said it with the hands and, and fouling, but I, I don't know how much, but it, it is interesting. I think his play is warranting a little more consideration into expanding his role in some capacity. Yeah, he's not. I'm not throwing him in over Demonte Williams no. for 25 minutes a night, but, but Derek, I do think he's earned – you know, five to 12 minutes, and I think he can help you. Uh, he gives you something offensively um, at that wing position, which they don't have a lot of off the bench. You you hoped you had with Austin Hutcherson. 
And unlike Goody, he kind of gives you, like Goody knows where to be on defense. Melendez gives you the length, the athleticism. He's got a little bit of an it factor, uh, right? Where he's the highest ceiling of these three freshmen. Goody's the highest four. Uh, it's kind of what we thought coming into the season, but Melendez being kind of the guy who's getting the most minutes, I don't think we foresaw coming into the year. Stuff is going to happen when he's out there. There's <laughs> going to be some things you're going to be like, oh boy, that is that is not good. But he's got the motor. We know that Goody's got a motor too, but you pair it with the athleticism and, and just the length and he's able to make things happen and we saw it's flashy either yeah. way right like and, and it's kind of like coleman coleman can be flashy uh but melendez makes less mistakes right now than yeah for sure and i think that i mean even his shot making how many threes is coleman made this year and especially in big 10 play uh and for melendez to step up and make one he made a mid-range jumper that was super confident and uh turned to joe he's like that dude's not scared and that's that's kind of what he's showing out there i am skeptical that him on Ivy, I don't know, did we see that in the second half? That over the stretch of time wasn't going to work out. I'm not saying, I, yes, he's got the length and he's got the mobility. It, was, it wasn't going to go. I, I thought it might have been more of a consequence than, or a coincidence than, than anything. You said it right. I think they survived that rather than it actually worked, right? Yeah, I, that's my opinion. That's just my opinion. We'll see how the, what the boards think. I think Brad wanted to, I, yeah, I don't think Brad had a lot of interest in that going beyond like, two or three possessions at first. But I think he wanted to challenge him and, and see what it was see what it was going to be. And I'm not saying it was perfect, and I agree with Derek. I mean, you make that even like ten possessions and you're ducking for cover. But all right. I, I just thought that was a really interesting decision to put him out there because really it's kind of by default with the lineup he was out there with. Like no one else really stood a prayer of a chance, if I remember the lineup correctly. And it's like, it's got to be him. I think we've seen this a little bit with Brad. He kind of throws these freshmen out there. It's like sink or swim. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, you teach a kid how to swim, you just throw them in there and see how they react. And you got to save them, you save them, and you pull them right back out. I haven't done that. My wife would kill me. But um, I, I, I've thought of that at some points. But, like, RJ survived. Like, he treaded water. And then all of a sudden he gets some confidence, like you said, Derek. And I think Pajimski and – uh, R.J. Melendez did that against Northwestern. We've seen it from Goody early in the year, uh, making some big plays early in games. Like, Brad just kind of challenges these guys, and I think they've all shown a little bit of toughness. And, you know, playing with Trent Frazier, I don't know how you can't learn a little bit about toughness given what he did tonight. Yeah, and their confidence is really impressive. For guys that haven't necessarily needed consistent roles throughout the course of a year to be able to just be ready and go out uh, in some of these environments and be able to, to – make plays and I think that yeah there's there's confidence there's ability there there's toughness and there's something to be said also Melendez and to the point of like Ivy or just in general as you push forward down the stretch of the season or in postseason play they're teams that have long athletes that you got to try to match up with and even like at the four if you were to play Arizona again and you got two Bellas are you going to play Coleman as much as you did in that match probably not based on the way things are trending I, I don't know that Melendez is maybe the answer at the four, but whether it's a long athletic wing or someone at the four, he's earned some of those opportunities, or at least he's starting to get seasoned a little bit to be able to look the part versus some of those teams that have some of those those athletes. All right, Trent Frazier just tweeted out at, uh, I guess it's 11.40. Is that what time Look at us trying to it is math right now? I couldn't, I couldn't tell if my computer switched to Eastern time zone or not. It has. Uh, Trent Frazier tweeted out, we will be fine. Good night. Love this team. I think that's right. I think they'll be fine. I, I don't know if they'll be elite. I don't know that. I don't know if they'll win the Big Ten. 
I think they'll be in that mix. I, I think they're going to be a team that is going to be very difficult to keep out of the second weekend. We don't know what's going to happen, but they're a very good team. I think Purdue's a better team. That That's my big take tonight. Sorry, I don't have a hotter take. No, and my warmer take is I think this is the last game of the regular season that we can have this approach and have this discussion where it's like, yeah, okay. Like, they lost because that's a really, really good team. I think you, you had that twice with Purdue. You had that with Arizona. And they've got some really tough teams coming up, but I don't think you can just throw your arms up at a loss in any of the next seven. I, but I don't know. Not if you want to win a Big Ten. Right, like right. If, if you want to win the Big Ten against Purdue and what Wisconsin's doing right now, like, they just keep winning. You don't have many. Like, you might have one more loss. You could probably lose one more and still get a share of the Big Ten title. I don't know if you can lose – Two more. Like I, I, I think Purdue or Wisconsin has a chance to win 16, which I didn't know if that was going to be the case coming into the year. No, and I'm not sure that you have any team left that's objectively better than you, that you can look at and say that, you know, that's just a New Orleans basketball team. Like They're, they're going to be there with the Mardi Gras party down in New Orleans. But, yeah, this is it for me. This is the last one I think Ohio State could be an argument, but this is a huge stretch coming up because, one, you got to – like you said, one more is probably the max you can have. But I think there's still a lot. I, Derek and I talked about this a little bit on the way here. I know there's a lot of people worried, not, I don't think, on this team, but a, who, who watch this team are worried about like the national perception of, of what is Illinois, who are they. And tonight doesn't really hurt that. That's why I kind of talked about playing with house money. I thought it could have only helped that. Years, I, I still think there's a lot of people kind of like one foot in the water nationally yeah. observing this team. And I understand it. I don't think that's like a knock or it shouldn't be. But I, I think these next few games here, there's a chance to, to turn that over time. It's not going to happen in one game. It's But if you, you can string two or three together here in a, in a tough stretch, I think you can maybe turn that and then get some momentum going into to March. I think they're in the second tier of what people are thinking about when the tournament starts. I don't think like, Purdue's going to be the story, I think, going into the NCAA tournament from the Big Ten because they have the superstar. They have these two huge guys. They're just built like a, a national title contender, kind of like Illinois was last year. Everyone was talking about Illinois, as Derek said, to bring this full circle uh, about Io DeSumo and, and just the run they made at the end of the year. You got to take care of home, Derek. Northwestern, Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa. You have to win those games, uh, and then you might lose one of them at Michigan State or, or Michigan, right? Like those are two tough places to play. I personally think you need to beat Michigan. Hunter Dickinson's really good, but the rest of that team just does not scare me. Uh, so they still are very capable. They just they have to play the way they played the previous four games, and really how they played for most of the last two months outside of that Maryland game. Like, when they've been whole and Kofi Coburn's been on the court, the team they've lost to is, is Purdue, right? Like, that that's the team they've lost to. Yeah, and this was an outlier defensively for them, and it said a lot about Purdue. And I, I don't know that other teams you're going to face in this stretch are going to have that. I mean, Ohio State can score, certainly, and you're going to wonder about E.J. Liddell. But I, I think Illinois can lock down defensively and be consistent. And, KenPalm.com has you currently projected as a favorite in all of your final games. So uh, this team has done a good job of beating teams they're supposed to be, winning on the road, that whole kind of deal. We're not going to get a chance to see them against another elite team until they play Purdue again. I mean, that's that's kind of the – if we do get a chance to see that. So um, I think that tonight you looked at it, Illinois was 12th in the net. You won this game with five straight quad one wins. You could have – maybe even been on the two-seed line just with this win and pushing forward. I'm not saying you would have ultimately got to a one, but uh, that might have been up for grabs. Now Purdue is that team, and maybe you're in that 
sit, you're going to stay at four, four seed, build it up maybe to a three, um, and you're going to have to beat an elite team ultimately to go deep. I mean, everybody's going to have to, but uh, that's the big picture. That's the long term, and they still got some time to 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 push forward in this Big Ten title chase and it gets. Still three quad one opportunities the rest of the after three or four yeah. uh, the rest of the regular season. Then you add the Big Ten tournament being neutral. Those are all top fifty net. Like yeah. that's all you're going to play in the Big Ten tournament too. So plenty of opportunities to build up that resume. But yeah, outside chance of a one seed that's probably not happening. Right, right. Like that that's going to be very difficult. But right now, Ken Palm projects Illinois and Purdue to be fifteen and five, and, and Wisconsin to be fourteen and six, and. I think Illinois can be better than that with the schedule they have left. I think they can win uh, six of their last seven, but it's very difficult in the Big Ten. But they've beaten the teams that they should beat uh, in the Big Ten outside of Maryland and didn't have Kofi. So uh, I still think this team's going to be uh, – I'll give Derek Piper the last word. Um, what do you think this weekend against Northwestern? It's feed Kofi, right? Just feed Kofi. Probably get Kerbel a little bit more involved as they go forward. Yeah, I, I thought that – you looked at this matchup, and there were moments where it's like, okay, pick and roll Edie all the time and let Curbelo go do his thing and just continue to build that chemistry between Curbelo and Kofi. And I think that that can open up. Not that it was a lack of open shots of why you lost tonight for a guy like Granison who didn't get it going or had it early and then uh, wasn't making shots or DeMonte, uh, but that really unlocks Illinois offensively to another level. If I think, like you said, Curbelo continuing to build off of this, getting more run, taking more uh, of a role, and, yeah, like let Kofi do his thing against Nance and uh, hope that Nance doesn't knock down a lot of perimeter shots, but just be ready to play. Be ready to, to bounce off of this, be gritty, be tough, be at home, and, and take advantage. Um, this is a team you should definitely beat and, and just get back to, to being consistent and, and beating teams you should beat. So we're sitting in Benetti and Hummel's seat, right, courtside? Yeah. There's a note on a post-it note that says, Ivy Stefanovic, six points, Plummer Cabello, 23 points, Ooh. guard comparison. That changed in a quick <laughs> minute, didn't it? That was early second half. Wow. That <laughs> changed very quickly with what Ivy did in the second half. All right, again, Illinois loses at Purdue, 84-68. Thanks for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. we got to get home. It's going to be a late night, but we'll have plenty of content up for you at the site. And, uh Illinois will live to play another day, and they got to take care of business in a Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday matinee. We'll talk to you after that one. We appreciate you. What was that? Who wants to work on the Super Bowl, man? I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, some of us never have our team in the Super Bowl, so we don't need to worry about it. Don't I know it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you've been there, West. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. What a sad existence for <laughs> Packers fans, man. I've seen them on Instagram just crying away like, wow. Jeez. Any rebuttal before we get out of here? No. No, I got nothing, man. Anyway, that's uh, that's Joey Wagner. That's Darren Piper. Uh, two sad Bears fans and a sad Packers fan at, in West Lafayette. Everybody have a great night. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Online Enquirer podcast.